Greetings, everyone. Bonjour, benvenue. Welcome to the sixth of an eight-part podcast for Jacqueline Gay Wally's collectible collection of Venus as She Ages, a group of six novels under the imprint of IML Publications, a boutique press amplifying contemporary female writers, nomadic explorers of language, form, and the psyche. I'm I. Murphy Lewis speaking to you from Paris, France, with my guest of honor, award-winning novelist and screenwriter, Jacqueline Gay Wally, presently with us from New York City. Welcome, Jacqueline Gay. Bonjour, Murphy. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. It's wonderful. Today, we're speaking about your Right She Said, a novel where Marguerite de Ross and Jean Rhys come back to life to help a hapless modern-day writer rewrite herself in love and work. And the title itself is a reflection of de Ross's book and film, Destroy, She Said. So maybe just before I go on, maybe just say a little bit about that, Gay. Well, Margaret Duras and uh, Jean Rhys are writers I really admire. So I just had this imagination of bringing them back to life and spending time with them. And in the book, I also try to get across to people um, a little bit about their lives. I sort of fill in uh, along Mm. the way stuff about their lives. And I think I use quotes from their books every now and then. And um, Mm. uh, it was really... uh, a fantasy trip of something I would enjoy and uh, complete with, I move us to live in the soccer hotel in Vienna. <laughs> I mean, I just indulge myself. Mm. The two women, you know, had very difficult lives, uh, late in life success, um, um, were very interesting women in their own right, but definitely uh, like our main character, a little out of the box. They were, um, to use the Deleuzian expression, they were nomads themselves. And so uh, mm. my character posits that they came back to save her uh, because she's sort of the same type, although not as accomplished. And um, it's really a book about writing and love and what women who are outliers but highly talented, uh, their take on it. Hmm. Yeah, to me, it's like your step into almost a magical realism form because it is, like you said, um, an engagement that doesn't really exist, but you create it. And also because of that, it's funny because it pops you out of the density that we were in, in books three and four. And you see that kind of now we're moving somewhere where we hadn't been. So this makes it very interesting, I think. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I wrote this book in my late fifties, I think. And, um, you know, I, in some ways I'd worked out my stuff by then. And so, mm-hmm. uh, the book is a little, is a little bit more freewheeling. And even though my character has her issues in romance and writing and they take her to task on that, but they also, uh, Jean Reese mm-hmm. has a sort of British humor, Marguerite de Ross has a um, French arrogance and uh, they, you know, uh, off these three women go. Yes. Yes. And bef- and just before 
you have these encounters in the bar and the park bench with them, you're reflecting about where you are as in through the character, right? Through Mira. Yes. Um, She's in the midst of this relationship with Oscar, one she's not quite sure of. And uh, you write sexual proclivity of solely being taken with beauty, any kind of beauty, Iranian carpets, leather shoes, hat check girls of 17, young women with slender abdomens. And, and you go on to say he's a multimillionaire while Mira is a struggling writer. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to quote, it would be a fear of his to shield an aged dreamer. So we get Mira, she's an aged dreamer. And then we have this man that she's tied to. I, I'd say she's in love, but she's tied to him. And um, he has strange obsessions, you say, and finickiness. Quote, don't play with your hair during dinner. Don't kick your leg while talking. Why, my friends ask, do you put up with it? Why, my shrink says, do you respond only with confusion with something bothers you, not anger? I have no answer for this except maybe attention. Any attention suffices for me. I am a motherless daughter. I will save that story for another novel, one that I never want to write. (laughs) It's great, right? Yes. Um, Yeah, she realizes that she's aging. She doesn't have any money. Oh, I think it opens, she gets a rejection on one of her books. Um, Mm -hmm. And... um, the first chapter ends with her saying, I'm going to have to come up with a solution. Mm-hmm. And then the next chapter, she's walking to Staples and she passes a bar and she sees Jean Reese in the window having a drink yes. in the bar and she walks in. Mm-hmm. And um, yes. I mean, she thinks it's a Jean Reese lookalike to start, but then they have a bizarre conversation. Yes. And what's interesting is the, for me, I, I felt that, um, like you said earlier, there's definitely this reflection of Mira to Jean Reese and Marguerite de Ross. There's a way in which she has some elements like them, and she, like you said, identifies. And But there's also this incredible perception as you, as a writer, in the way that you see them and perceive them. And Mm -hmm. let's say enlighten the reader to these two writers of the mid 20th century, right? These brilliant Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. writers that really come of age late in life, like Mira is trying to find herself in that late in life, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, Yes, you're right. I I perceive them, the anecdotes I tell and the adventures the three of them have uh, reflect on their attitude to writing and their attitude and what part love plays in their writing and in Mira's mm-hmm. writing. And it, uh, Margaret Duras less so than Jean Reese. Jean Reese really lived on a thread. She was broke. She was drunk. She was, uh, both women had lots of lovers, but were not what would traditionally be called successful in love. And, um, and they both lived through, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they have, they weren't really friends. I think maybe they did meet each other once in real life, but they, there were certain similarities. Marguerite Duras' husband uh, was 
in a concentration camp uh, for, I think, his communist activities. Um, uh, Jean Reese's first husband was uh, also in a camp for his Dutch resistance activities. Mm-hmm. They were waiting for men while, while having lovers. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so, and Mira is a little bit of the same school. You know, um, obviously she's not living through a war, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but uh, um, she's lives by her own rules. All three women live by their own rules, and when you do that, you have good things happen and you have bad things happen. Yes, and one of the things you um, write about Jean, the real Jean has been dead for about thirty years. Jean was a timid woman in life, hidden in drink and insecurities but audacious in her writing. She took all that happened to her, all that could have broken her, and God knows a lot can break us, and she made art from it. My idea of a perfect woman. Lovely, lovely statement. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, you're right. Uh, because the main character is a writer, she really admires these women and yes. forgives them whatever peculiarities they have because of their minds and their work. Yes. And there's a moment Mira turns to Jean's character and or apparition, let's say, <laughs> and says, no one understood like you did how vulnerable a woman really feels. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of fun with Jean Reese because... I think I have a lot of inner compassion for Jean Rees. Yeah. Yeah. And you take her in the book to meet Oscar, right? Yes, that's right. You take her into his apartment, Mm -hmm. the view of Manhattan from his penthouse. And Mm -hmm. she gives you Mm -hmm. this incredible kind of imagery about him and what she really thinks, right? Right. (laughs) And as she walks out, she flirts with a doorman. (laughs) Yes. And she kind of tells Mira, you know, get with it. You've got to start, you know, flirting and living life. Don't stick with somebody who's, you know, not loving you. Yes. And you um, you explore or Mira explores how, um, I'll quote you, how some men love you but cannot sustain it since it requires momentary lapses of forgetting about themselves, how love is tied up with money. Someone marries someone for security, which it seems in Jean's books and in Marguerite's is never realized. And because it isn't, love is forsaken. Wide Sargasso Sea came out when Jean was 76 and she made herself up for parties, but it was sad, she said, that it had not come earlier. Her husbands were dead and she was often dead drunk herself. <laughs> yeah, well, her work fell out of print. Uh, for quite a long time, she was uh, in Paris uh, having an affair with Ford Maddox Ford, and he mm-hmm. discovered her talent. And she had a brief time of being in the public eye. Um, and then she had her own problems. She fell out of print. Mm-hmm. And then quite late in her life, uh, the uh, editor, but also she became quite a great writer in her own right, Diana Adhill, put a call out of the BBC. Does anyone know where Jean Reese is? And uh, they did. They found Jean and Diana took on editing her and bringing her out. And I think White Sargasso Sea came out then. She worked a long time on White Sargasso Sea. Mm. 
Yeah, incredible book, right? A, with the reflection of Mrs. Rochester, you get her view, right? A, a, a twist on Jane Eyre, right? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> In the middle of this, um, there was a moment Mira goes on a date with a psychoanalyst to a concert. And she just kind of walks out of the date. They're standing at the fountain afterwards and she just walks away. And you're right about Mira. Doesn't he get it? I don't talk feelings. I write them. That is where they make themselves known, even to me. They're the plasticine I make something with on the page. In conversation, my feelings always feel a bit too plaintive. I told myself, too enormous in their longing. Who could possibly handle what I really feel? Maybe Jean Reese could, but she herself put her feelings on the page. On the page, one can maybe refashion them. <laughs> it's lovely with mm-hmm. like a little drop into Jean again, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's another great scene when you're when you're on the park bench with um, Marguerite when you first meet her. You you bring up the lover, and she said. The lover put me on the map. I know, that book was marvelous. She cocked her head at me. It's everyone's favorite. Why? Was it yours? It's not mine. And Mira replies, the simplicity, I said. You wrote a whole family construct, a whole colonial construct, a whole desperate love construct, an artist as a young woman in construct, in what? A hundred pages, the economy of the sensuality in the writing made it devastating. And I think that's too an interesting thing about you in this book, the way that you write about them, mm. about how they write, right? That's interesting. Yeah. 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 Yes. It, a fun kind of trope in the book is that both Jean Reese and Marguerite don't like when she brings up their writing. <laughs> You know, so, uh, you know, so it's kind of, yeah. Yes, you quote them to them in in, in the book, right? And they'll, and they'll always say, I didn't like that book or. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which is also lovely, right? About them. There's a an ease that they are with you. They're not braggadocia or, right? There's a camaraderie. Well, of course, there's a the whole thing that they've come back to life. And, you know, mm. they, they have to yeah. deal with figuring out how to use the phone, the internet, <laughs> they, they, you know, that, um, and I mean, I think when I first, or Mira or myself run into, um, Jean Reese in the bar, I have to tell her she can't smoke inside. She has to stand outside and it's unfathomable <laughs> to me to imagine Jean Reese standing outside, like, as I think I say, like an office worker smoking a cigarette. And, um, <laughs> And Jean says, you know, well, the world always reverts to pettiness, you know, so. Ah, yes, yes. Yes, there's a, a sweet sweetness in the engagement. Um, of Marguerite, um, you wrote, people like me admired her. A certain kind of reader found her too narcissistic. But a writer, a poet, a woman who saw how she inferred that once you give yourself away, you never get yourself back. You continue to give yourself away. You watch yourself as you do it. And how she knew this packed a wallop. 
It's interesting, you know, I, I, it's kind of fun with me, these podcasts to hear what you read and to, it's interesting that I use watched herself because as you know, she made films. She yes. also made films. She was, she was filmic. I think in her writing, she was somewhat filmic and um, mm -hmm. yeah, they both were very difficult women though. I mean, uh, I think I mentioned it. Duras, as she got older, sort of, and got sort of famous, would refer to herself as Duras in the third person. You know, she got into the role. <laughs> and Jean was, you know, I mean, drink did her in, really. And um, yeah. uh, she was not an easy woman to be married to, to say the least. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah. When they catapult Mira to Vienna, <laughs> with their fictitious credit card. <laughs> um, they take her to the museums and to the Holocaust Memorial. They want Mira to see her family in that reflection. They walk by the old home, right? Right. On the way to Vienna, they stop in Prague. And um, that's where the synagogues are, where uh, one mm -hmm. of them lists all the names of the people mm -hmm. who went to Terenstadt. Right. And Mira sees her own family. Uh, something else you mentioned. Um, oh, the credit card. The credit card, uh, <laughs> they make a joke that uh, when Mira says, where did you get that? Uh, Marguerite says something like, you know, in America, if you give a dead name, you can get a credit card. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> yes. Yes. Again, that kind of magical realism that pops in, right? You even write funny thing to go sightseeing with two fiction writers, never mind two deceased fiction writers. Mm. Mm. But the what's interesting, I think, is Mira learns something new about connectivity, right? From them. Yes, very well said. Yeah. She she learns to connect, yes. They are yes. uh very um I think she she writes this the first night in Prague. This is the beginning of their trip. They go out to dinner and they have drinks and they talk and Marguerite and Jean are sort of getting to know each other in in, in this life. And um, and Mira remarks that it's not so much that anything important was said; it's that they were all together. Mm. That there's a connect, as you say, a connection. Mm. And um, yeah, and. You know, they bond the three women, even if um, mm. Marguerite gets impatient with Mira or, um, you know, whatever goes on. But, uh, and Mira is changed by their, I don't know, love might not be the right word, but they're, uh, they're being one with her. They're being mm. one with her. Yes. And yes, and you wrote, I saw that giving, that aristocracy of the soul begins a healing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they're in this commitment, this connectivity, right, to each mm -hmm. other and to that moment. Right. So there's some way the book um, is in a way a reintegration. In fact, um, there's even a dialogue between Mira and Marguerite and Jean about how books or fiction is about the mother. I mm -hmm. thought that was quite fascinating, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that the object is always the mother, even if it's not the mother. But yes, well, also because one of them says, 
there is no mother, but it, in the sense, you know, it's your imagination. But mm. yes, the, about about the object, yeah. Mm. And then there is a moment that um, Mira falls for an oboist in the orchestra, right? Mm-hmm. The Vienna and, Orchestra, yeah. Yes, the Vienna Orchestra, and she has. Um, I said, if you can come back to life, Jean. Yes. Why don't you, Why don't you fix me up with him? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And she does. Yes. Uh huh. And there's a, a, let's say a tryst for what some time, three, four months. We don't really know maybe the time, but um, Mira reflects, and I quote you: "I forgot what it was to have someone interested in my work, and how that helps my own interest in my work. I forgot that to be an artist was not anathema." And not just the plague of financial ruin, but an exploration and that a man, a man might support me in that I had forgotten. It's yeah. beautiful, right? Yes. Well, because he's a European artist, so it's not the same as an American businessman yes. in a sense. You know, uh, they have a respect for art. So, yes, um, he's... Uh, there's a funny thing where Jean Reese alleged. So when she tells Mira that she's met him and that they have a date, she set up a date for them. Uh, Jean kind of boasts. Um, and he even knew who I was. Um, she said, of course he didn't know me that well. He didn't know that I'm dead, you know? (laughs) Yes. That's great. One of the things that Mira says, everything important is on the inside the outside can't be trusted. So you can see this kind of tender part of her. Mm-hmm. And while she's in um, Vienna, she re- reflects back at Oscar, right? Kind of the Gerhardt relation with the oboist makes her look at, at um, Oscar. And I quote you, he never touched me and I allowed it. We were in collusion. I should have asked him. I should have asked him to touch me, to break into myself. Isn't that what a man's supposed to do? Enter you in every way. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So in a certain way, I think the women enter her, so to speak. They, Mm. you know, they are the opening to her um, wanting to, as you said, connect. Mm. Yes. And, One morning, kind of lying in bed, Mira is thinking, I quote you, I had been worrying, how am I going to support myself? How am I going to survive? Oscar had always referred to me as an outlier, and it was true. I had not planned on a future when young, perhaps so depressed as a child, I could not think ahead. It had taken everything I had to get through the moments I was living through. It had taken all of me. I had banked on the purity and freedom of art as a mitigating factor against all the unhappiness I had seen. I was internal, driven, driven to words and insights. I just had not known that that low self-esteem in me was not bankable. How had these two women done it? That was the real question. Mm. Yeah, well, that's part of the reason that, um, you know, I have this... Uh, story, I suppose, is that Marguerite Duras less so, but Jean certainly, um, you know, 
em emigrated from the um, one of the Caribbean islands. I can't remember now which one. And um, was a dance hall girl in England. Um, mm. And um, in a way, kind of, I won't say lived off men, but she, well, certainly she writes about that. Her early books are about sort of mm. being poor and, and needing these sort of gentlemen to help her, not in a sort of prostitution way, but mm. just sort of the kindness of strangers. And, um, and in her own life, I think she, she was always living on, on a bit of a cliff. And um, um, mm. DeRoss had, was a journalist and she had a slow, you know, coming up. It was the lover that kind of put her on the map. But um, so, the, the, but mm. I guess what I'm trying to say is they had insecure lives, you know, and, um, and so does mm. Mira. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But Mira respects them, and in doing so, she's giving herself respect. She's got an insecure mm. life. If, if, if Jean Rees can do it, then I can do it, so to speak, in her mind. Right. Um, even if she may not feel as talented. But she, she you know, these are her mentors. Mm. Yes. Exactly. Um, in fact, while they're all together in Vienna, they're all writing. They go off to their hotel rooms to write, right? And they come back together for coffee or for tea or something. And there's a, a beautiful piece that Mira's writing. I'm just going to read a little bit about that. Quote, my young girl stood alone, small, dark, brave, remarkably like myself, the rabbi had been kind to her and the girl smiled in response, but she was not fooled. She knew her destiny. I wrote about her and she aged on my pages, publishing work, eventually writing about those who have no one. In other words, in some ways, all of us, she lived her life, a hard life since she made a living by living in her mind, not living in commerce. Her intimacy was with music, which soothed her as a mother should and she loved men when she got older. Most of them abandoned characters themselves, and they did not give her much, but some attention. Nor did she have children because children reminded her of sadness, but hers was a brave existence. <laughs> it's beautiful, right? The reflection, again, kind of of, it's of Mira, right? Of the, right. Well, related to that, uh, there's something we didn't bring up. I mean, to some extent, uh, Jean Rhys and Mar Marguerite Duras wrote what's currently called autofiction. You know, they use their own lives mm. um, and their own stories and embellish, or but it centers around their own feelings. And mm. um, you you write about that part, the scene where they are all in their rooms writing. Um, Mira imagines what Jean Reese is writing and what Marguerite Duras is writing. And um, it's sort of all mm. about what everybody's churning away at. And um, mm. um, that's another reason I think they are her mentors, you know. Mm. And would you say that your work is auto fiction? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely use, I mean, unfortunately, Jean Reese and Margaret Dross have not appeared to me and taken me to Vienna. Um, but the, uh, but, um, <laughs> but which they would, but the, um, but, uh, um, and I, I never met a Viennese oboist, although I did see one that was very attractive when I was in Vienna. Um, but the, uh, uh, but, uh, but in all my books, which you are well, 
probably the most well-versed in of anybody in the world. Um, I, you know, I, I am using my own story. Jean Reese was using sort of being a chorus mm. girl in England, mm. vulnerable. Um, obviously she wasn't Mrs. Rochester, but she understood that rejection. That's another thing I think I say mm. in the book that, mm. and Marguerite Duras also, her mother had rejected her. She was, they were in, in Vietnam or Indochina mm. at the time. And, very poor. Mm. And so there's a tremendous vulnerability. I mean, the lover is also about a true story in her life, you know? And so, mm. so, mm. so they're, 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 they are, um, not every book of theirs and not every book of mine, but there is generally an autofiction tone to, um, the mm. three, you know, mm. the work. Yes. Okay. This is I. Murphy Lewis of IML Publications speaking to you from Paris with our guest Jacqueline Gay Wally in New York City about her novel, Right, She Said. Thank you for joining us, Jacqueline Gay. Thank you, Murphy. It was lovely. You can listen to our podcasts featuring Jacqueline Gay Wally's novels or visit her on www.gaywally.com or on www.imlpublications.com. This podcast was recorded on Zencaster with producer Sebastiano Tecchio, accompanied by flautist Steve Slagle from his album Spirit Calls. And the song is Going Home. A bientôt. Talk soon. Arrivederci. Arrivederci.